Welcome to episode three of Orion's Wilderness Thoughts. I'm your host, Orion. In this podcast, I go over my thoughts, ideas, practices, and methods for hunting, fishing, camping, and all consumptive and non-consumptive outdoor activities. In this episode, I'm going to cover a recent rabbit hunt that I went on and a grouse hunt that I went on. As well, I'm going to utilize this as a trailer for a the next few episodes, which are going to be all about duck hunting. And in those episodes, I'm going to cover what do you need to duck hunt, how to duck hunt, different ways to duck hunt, duck hunting alone, duck hunting in a group, what to do on guided hunts, what not to do on guided hunts, what to do on public land, what not to do on public land, and basically give an overall concept for duck hunting, um, solo, group, guided, traditional methods, and non-traditional methods. So if that's something you're interested, just like and subscribe to the podcast and you'll be notified when they're produced. So with that, um, this weekend I went up to Pennsylvania and did a rabbit hunt on last Friday and I successfully bagged one cottontail rabbit. Um, I only had about, I would say maybe 50 to 75, 80 minutes to actually conduct the hunt. I had traveled that day from Maryland up to Pennsylvania. Uh, My dad built a new tree stand so they wanted to show me about the tree stand and it's a really good spot and I'm looking forward to using it for deer in the upcoming buck and doe season so this should be a good time cut into my rabbit hunting a little bit but that wasn't a big deal Um, I went up there to see the tree stand so when I arrived my parents property actually borders another property it's Pennsylvania properties always border other properties and unfortunately, when I got there, I didn't notice, but there was an older gentleman who owned the property next to ours who was actually bow hunting for deer. There was no car around. There was no sign around. He didn't have any blaze orange, which he's not required to. He's bow hunting. So I didn't see him until he actually let me know he was there and told me that a, there was a guy cutting wood, which was my dad. So I said, yep, yeah, I know. Thank you. And I went along my way. Unfortunately, I think that we kind of spooked him out of um, his deer hunting, which I felt really bad about, but... It's kind of one of those situations where it is adjoining properties. We have the right to hunt our property. They have the right to hunt their property. So I felt bad about it. If I would have known, I, I wouldn't have parked my car where I parked it, and I would have taken another angle and not actually ended up hunting there. But he ended up leaving. I saw his car drive off, so um, that's why I ended up actually hunting where I hunted. I was going to sneak out go down the hill and hunt away from him where it would have no impact or minimal impact I would say minimal impact on his um, archery season his archery hunt that day but nevertheless he left Um, so what I did was I I took out my 16 gauge so I have a 16 gauge JC Higgins uh, bolt action shotgun so I took this gun out it's got a modified choke and it holds four shells. So I was using number six, two and three quarter shells. So what I did was I went around the, the area. Um, it's, it's a hardwoods area that is surrounded by cornfields and grass fields, low cut grass. So what I did was I, I went through kicking through the hedgerows, um, which was unsuccessful, kicked through some bramble patches, which was also unsuccessful and then I started stomping on some brush piles that we have and one of these brush piles I had flushed a rabbit out and missed about two to three weeks ago 
And I figured, well, maybe, maybe there's a rabbit in there. So I approached it from the same angle I approached it the first time and I stomped on it and, and there was nothing, nothing moved out of it. So I moved to the head of the brush pile and kicked that and nothing happened. So then I turned around and started walking away when out of the corner of my eye I noticed there was something moving. Now if this rabbit would have flushed and taken a direct line away from me, it would have survived. I wouldn't have been able to mount the gun, get a good cheek weld, and and get on that rabbit if it would have just taken a straight line into the brambles and ran away. But it didn't. What it did was it wanted to run down the hill and it, it button hooked around and it went behind a tree in my tree stand. And so I didn't want to shoot the metal tree stand or shoot the tree. Um, and the rabbit stopped. When the rabbit stopped, that gave me all the time I needed to get, to turn around, to get the gun up and swing into the rabbit. Right when I did this, the rabbit started running again, and on the run, one shot, dropped him dead as a doorknob, uh, and got a rabbit. Now, where I made a mistake was it was a warm day, and I should have field-dressed the rabbit right there on the spot. I should have cleaned the rabbit out, got the guts out of it, put some water in it, and cleaned it. But I didn't. And what that ended up happening was that the damage sustained from the number six shot along with being in my bag and walking around ended up taking all that damage and all the stomach contents and all the intestine contents and everything got into the meat because it just moved around so it was basically when I got home and cleaned the rabbit it smelled a little off something was wrong and when I gutted it it was just a slurry of intestine and stomach content so the, unfortunately, the majority of that rabbit had to go to waste. Um, I couldn't salvage any of the organs for the dogs to eat. Um, the smell and the material was just basically seasoned into the loin of the rabbit. So the only thing I was really able to salvage was the back legs. Now luckily with rabbits, that's where about 66, I made that number up, but that's where about 66% of the meat is. And that's what actually a lot of people only keep. I prefer to keep more that's what it ended up being but I was able to salvage the meat it's not going completely to waste I took the hide and um, because it's the first rabbit I got and I don't know if I'm gonna get another one I actually froze it instead of using it for like zonker strips and fly tying material which if I get another one is the plan but with me getting a dog I wanted to get some fur in the freezer so that I would have some rabbit scent and some some training materials for bumpers and other things with my future dog so the good thing about it was that I was able to salvage meat I got training materials and I got the first rabbit of the season which I was really excited about with duck season coming up with deer season coming up um, I might not get any more rabbit hunting in until uh, end of January through February in the very late season so at least I got one for the season and I'm not skunked on rabbits so then the next day I went out with my dad and we drove about 45 minutes and there's this huge plot of land where it's a state forest and a state game land come together. It's a couple thousand acres. I want to say it's close to six to 8,000 um, acres of public land. And what the plan was is we wanted to change it up. Unfortunately, it was a very hot day. It was about 73 degrees that day. But um, the plan was, hey, let's see if we can flush up some grouse or flush up some woodcock right now we were doing this dogless 
we were doing this with minimal grouse hunting experience. I've only flushed up one grouse in Pennsylvania while hunting, and it was when I was a teenager, roughly 15 to 16 years ago, and that was purely by mistake. I wasn't looking for them. I just happened to flush one. So the plan was, let's see if we can get a flush. If we can get a flush, it's a success. If we can take one home, it'll be great. So we started hunting on this clear-cut area, and it was really thick. Um, it looked like it was clear-cut maybe two, three years ago. They left the majority of the fallen trees. There were brambles everywhere. The saplings were like three feet tall, spread out. Um, it was hard hunting. It was hard walking through, right? And, but we made do. We made it happen. And as we were going, we saw some squirrels. I almost got some shot on some squirrels, but I wasn't able to get them. I was going to take them if they were available because I'm a hunter, not a, a specialist, right? Um, and we kept going. So my dad actually came up to an area where it was an opening, and it had a bunch of, like, these little ground oaks. Not really sure what to call them, but they were small little oaks, and they got, like, buds, and the grouse like to eat the, the bud of these trees. And at the corner of my eye, I noticed a bird was flying by. Well, it didn't register to me at the time that it was actually a roughed grouse um, because I hadn't flushed one in so long in Pennsylvania, and I've never seen one from that angle, from, from a side-flying angle. So I actually thought it might have been like a woodpecker or something, and then I saw the shape of its head and it registered, oh, man, that's a grouse. So my dad took a shot at it for the same reason. It was a little delayed. Um, if he would have registered, hey, that's a grouse, he would have bagged that, no problem. Um, so we both ended up missing the grouse. It would have been really hard to find where we were anyway, so honestly, it's, you know, no big deal. The goal was to find one, uh, flush one, and get one. So we both missed a grouse, and then we saw absolutely nothing for the next three hours. Not a squirrel, not a turkey, not a dove, not anything, until we were walking back, and we flushed a couple deer at, like, two, three hundred yards out. Um, but that's okay. Uh, it was ended up being a really good day after all, and that was the goal. But now I know where some grouse covers are. I've got them on my uh, my Onyx maps, and I'll be back for sure to see if I can bag my first grouse. And with it being the Pennsylvania state bird, I'd really like to get a Pennsylvania grouse as my first rough grouse. But we'll see what happens when it happens and if it happens. Um, once I get the dog and once it's trained up, we'll be going really hard and heavy after grouse and woodcock. But until then... We're going to just keep doing the generalist hunting thing and, and go from there. Um, so that's what we're looking at. So thanks for listening. Um, that was just kind of me rambling on about my weekend. Uh, again, if you're interested in the duck hunting thing, go ahead and give it a listen. And um, it'll be really good, I think. It'll be good information for you, and it might actually show you some things that you're not currently aware of or different ways to do things right um some things that are seen as maybe quote-unquote controversial which are completely morally and morally and ethically sound might be something you want to do and uh i'll let you know about those in the next few episodes so if you like the episode appreciate it let your friends know let your family know whatever keep listening if you don't want them to know about it that's cool too and uh, please join a conservation organization doesn't matter what it is it can be rough grass association american woodcock society it can be uh, delta waterfowl ducks unlimited trout unlimited whatever the case is um it really helps 
preserving our ability to hunt. And with that, um, I hope you have a great day and stay safe. <laughs>